come on. Come on. One voice, one king, one name, amen. A lot of disunity in the world, right? But in here, there's one king. There's one voice. There's one word, amen. A lot of stuff going on out there. You know, we're all different in here, right? Like, come on, look at your neighbor. Some of y'all are real different, you know. We're all different in here, but we got one king. We worship one God. I don't know who you voted for in the primaries. I don't know, but I know who I'm voting for in eternity, amen. One king, amen. We don't actually get to vote. He just is king. You get to choose. Am I going to come under his authority or not under his authority? I know what I'm choosing, amen. I'm choosing to come under his authority, amen. I don't know all about your life. I don't know your voting history. I don't care. I don't know your background. I don't care. I don't know where you were born. I don't care. But I do know, amen, that if you're born again, come on, in the kingdom of God, worshiping one king, lifting up one name, it's going to be better. Amen. It's going to be better. Man, God's good. Amen. You know, I was um, thinking about today, you know, when, when will we give people an opportunity to give their lives to Christ? I think I'll do it now. I want to talk to you about something first, though. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, I know it's 8.30, and if you don't know Jesus here, you were real committed to getting to know him by waking up early and getting to church today. And um, I think we can agree that it's not going well out there. You know? It's not. Uh, you can't point to many things in the world that you're like, that is so great. Now, you might be able to point to some technological things and be like, they're fun but not any attitudes or environments or cultures in the world and be like, that's just going perfectly. I love that, right? It's not working. If you don't know Jesus, I imagine you're overcome with anxiety, depression, freaking out, suicidal thoughts, trying to find your place in the world, trying to find healing in your body, your mind, your soul. I want to tell you today that this is the place to find that in the kingdom of God the house of God, amen. God thinks about you a lot. I was reminded this morning of the scriptures that talk about like the sands of the seashores of every ocean in the world are God's thoughts about you. He actually thinks about you a lot because you're his creation. He created you. He designed you. I love to say he designed you. See, because you weren't just like some sandy threw together and was like, that's all right. No, he designed you meticulously and then liked what he designed and created it. He loves you. And so I, I want you to give, I want you to make a decision today to step out of that chaos and into his calling, into the life that he designed for you. Scripture tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What's that mean? That means, it actually says, while you were still dead in your sin, Christ died for you. In your deepest, darkest, filthiest moments, God knew about it and still chose to die for you. That you could have a relationship with God. Y'all know John 3.16, you've probably heard it before. For God so loved the world that he gave 
his only son that whosoever, so long as they look like this and act like, no, no, no. Just that whosoever believes in me should have eternal life. And so today I want you to do me a favor and pray a prayer with me and give your life to Christ. Okay? It's not working. That's not working. But this will be a lot better. In this, God will do great things in your life. All you got to do is trust Him with your life. So I want you to pray a prayer with me. Scripture also says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved, right? You'll, you'll, you'll have the right to be a child of God, okay? See, right now, you're created by God. But when you believe in Him, you get to be a child of God. Get the inheritance of God, the favor of God. Come on. The nepotism of God. Come on. You better believe God is a nepotist. What's that mean? He gives undue favor to his kids. He promotes his kids above other people. Come on. The creator of the world wants you to join his family. So I want you to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to say it one line at a time. I want you to repeat it after me. One line at a time. Believe it in your heart. And according to the word of God, you become a child of God. And God's favor and God's help will come into your life. Amen? Amen. All right. So everybody in the room, pray with me. So no one's praying it alone. Everyone online, pray with me as well. So no one's praying it alone. Everyone in Adele, pray with me as well. So no one's praying it alone. Everybody together, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross for my sin, and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life. I receive all of that because it's not working out there. I want what you planned for my life. And so today, I give you my life, and I ask for your help to live this life the way you planned it so that I could experience all the good things that you planned for me and for my family. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with us, there's a couple things I want you to do before we move on with our service, righto? One of the things is I want you to text the word SAVE to the number 25827 or go to myeternity.com forward slash SAVE. And if you do that, um, we're going to send you a Bible in the mail because you're a Christian now, you're a child of God now. And in the Word of God, you'll find all the great things that your Heavenly Father has to say about you and has planned for you and all the you, you can read about how he says don't go there that'll hurt you don't go there but but over here you'll find favor and blessing you can read all about it in the word of god so go do that um today i just said word of god i just went so american just then the word of god there we go back to my australian heritage so um and then the second thing is i'm, I'm going to count to three and i want you to lift up your hand and tell me who you are all right, I want you to take a faith step today. I want you to do something out of your comfort zone by lifting up your hand, telling me who you are so I know who I'm praying for, okay? So if everyone else could close their eyes and bow their heads, no one looking around. Everyone in the room, front, back, right, left, no one's looking around. If you prayed that prayer today, 
for the first time or for the first time in a long time and you're coming back to Christ, if that's you today on the count of three, I want to know who to pray for. One, two, three. Shoot your hands up right now. God bless you and God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Yep. Anybody else? God bless you. Yep. That's for anybody else. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Come on, let's pray for those four people. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your thoughts towards them are amazing, that you only have good plans for their lives. I thank you that in your word you said that you have good plans for them and you have no plans to hurt them, only plans to prosper them, only plans to fill their life with good things and with hope. So God, I pray right now that, that all the pain and the shame of their past mistakes, things done by them, done to them, out of their control, in their control, whatever it was, Lord, I pray you break those chains off their lives. And from this moment on, help them to live in your favor and your blessing, unearned favor and blessing, because they're your children. In Jesus' name, oh God's people said... Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God just five more seconds of praise? Four more people, come on, giving their lives to Christ today. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. And I, 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 um, I've got another thing I need to do too before we, before we get on with my sermon. But I just want to say how much I love that this is a house of grace where people find help and they find hope in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you four people that you need to start, you need to start getting into the Word, you need to get into church, and it'll change your life. You're welcome here as you are. You're welcome here messed up, broken. You're welcome here healed and healing. But I tell you what, I know this for sure. God does not plan for your life to stay as it is right now. He's got plans to help you. Grace help. He has plans to help you become all you were designed to be. So, uh, so, so just pursue him with everything you've got. Get in the house of God and get around the people of God. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Another thing I want to talk about real quick is we talked, uh, did y'all get an email this week? Give me a wave if you read your email. Come on. Yep. Same as last night, about 40% of the room opens their emails. And so that's all good. Um, you can resend to the people who don't open it. And I think I'm going to just keep doing that until it gets to 100%. Like, bam, 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 unsubscribe. So that's what will happen. So anyway, if you didn't get that, that's because you haven't put your name on our list. You can do that out in the lobby. Go to the, go to the gotcha team. They'll put your name on there. Um, but what I want to talk about is uh, we said this week we're collecting our first offering for our bold campaign. Come on. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> And so we're just going to take two minutes, and then we're going to worship again for a moment. Um, but I just want to tell you how excited I am. I said in that email that we are at four, just, I think it was just, just shy of 4.9 million uh, given or pledged to our bold campaign. But, but I get to come up here today and tell you we're actually over 5 million now. Come on, because God is good. Hallelujah. And what's crazy about that is we're going to have spring and fall on ramps. So there'll be about one or two weeks every spring and every fall where we give new people an opportunity to join us in this very faithy journey that we're on. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I'm excited about that. And um, so anyway, just uh, watch out for those. Um, but you can obviously pledge anytime you want. Uh, those, I know a lot of people still haven't pledged yet. 
Um, what are we talking about? A three-year commitment where we're going to give over and above our tithes to our bold campaign, which is that we could build a new building out the front to make room for all that God is doing and is continuing to do in our church. A brand new auditorium, cafe, lobbies, classrooms for education, all that kind of thing out there and turn this whole building into a new kids program. Real quick look at that. Here's what our new building's gonna look like, boom. And so, we're lifting Jesus up. Um, that is um, our full intention, that we won't have Eternity Church written on the building, it will say Jesus, because we're lifting up the name of Jesus, and as we're lifting up the name of Jesus, He is drawing all men unto Himself. People are experiencing transformation. People are finding hope. People are finding freedom as we lift up the name of Jesus, full of grace and full of truth. Amen. And so that's been exciting. Um, also, you'll see here that those letters are the size of a human person. So it's going to be a, a pretty big shout out to the world. Y'all need Jesus. And so I'm excited about that. And so, uh, oh, this is a baptismal as well. So I'm looking forward to baptizing people in front of 100,000 cars that drive past every day too. So what's going on over there? People getting born again. Come on. So um, that's exciting. Real quick, another picture of the uh, new lobby. This, this current lobby will look like this because this whole building will be a secure, um, uh, literally secure and, and protected youth and student space. Um, different programs up there, over there, over there, over there, everywhere. So it's going to be super fun. But what we want to do right now is uh, we're going to collect that first offering. Now, we've talked about it for a number of weeks, um, and we mentioned in the email as well that what we're asking in this first offering is a seed offering. That is that those who are able and willing, um, not those who are able and unwilling, and not the... <laughs> We, we, want, we, we don't want anyone to give out of coercion, right? God loves a cheerful giver, not someone who gave because the pastor made me feel bad, all right? Um, th that's a bad pastor and, and a bad giver, all right? What we want is people who are able and willing to take a step of faith with us this weekend and give 20% of their total commitment up front. So that would be if someone committed $10,000 over three years above their tithes and offerings, they would give $2,000 this weekend or this week online at myeternity.com forward slash um, give um, if, that's, uh, if they're not prepared now. Um, the reason for that is, number one, we want to set a standard of faith for the whole journey. Um, it's been an incredible faith journey already. We're already finding out about great testimonies. Um, my friend Doug was talking to me a couple of weeks ago. We want to encourage you, as you take steps of faith, God does great things in your life. Write down the testimonies. Write down the things that God does in your life so you never forget how God comes through. Where God guides, God provides. Can I get an amen? So write down the testimonies of what God does over these, uh, over these months and years in your life. Um, but the other reason that we're doing this upfront um, faith step is also so we can go to the bank and say, look, people are committed. They are honoring the commitment. They are giving. Can you give us the construction loan uh, that will, so that we can start building next summer or next fall as soon as the plans are ready? We'll start building next year. Come on. And then, God willing, depends how uh, inflation goes, <laughs> we're hoping that we write a check for 7.5 million and pay the whole thing off. We're fully aware that with inflation, it could end up being 47 million, um, but we're hoping that it's, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. It's fun though. Uh, we're hoping though that it comes down and it does sit around that 7.5 million. So uh, we don't wanna go into this journey with uh, just overloaded with debt, 
but rather sending money not to interest, but to mission. Amen? And so God's good. So we're going to worship now for about two, three minutes as we collect that offering. The buckets will come by, and, uh, and you can go online, myeternity.com forward slash give. Click the, when you're on the giving platform, click the Our Bold campaign. Um, but let's just worship and take this another two, three minutes to just worship and thank God for all that He's doing in our lives in our church. Amen. Come on. So pour your spirit out. Hallelujah. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. So pour your spirit out. So pour your spirit out. So pour your spirit out. God, we worship God's good, amen. Amen. Man, it's so good to be here with you. Um, I've got, I believe, 40 minutes now to preach and land the plane. I believe I can do it. I, b- I believe I can do it. Come on, hands up if you think I can do it. Hands up if you think I will do it. I guess those are different, right? I guess most of you think I can do it. Not everyone believes I will. <laughs> Not everyone believes I will actually do it. So... But you watch, this thing will be over by five past ten. And that is on time, I'm just saying. Five minutes leeway, you know. Y'all can't get to the dentist on time, so anyway. i got a scripture for you. James 4, verse 4. You adulterous people. <laughs> that is the first words of verse 4. You like that? You like that? Hey, the Word tells us that the Word, the whole thing is good for teaching, training, correcting, rebuking, encouraging, inspiring, all that gear, right? But, uh, but no, it really does start like that. You adulterous people. Um, but this is where it gets, like, th- like, that's pretty serious, pretty broad brush he's painting with right there. Um, but this next line is really scary for people who have gotten comfortable 
It says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? He goes on to explain what that means. He says, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's rough. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that Scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made dwell in you? But, praise God, he gives us more grace. Because we all mess up, right? Ain't nobody perfect in this room. Perfect people are welcome at Eternity Church like anyone else. Just none have ever come yet. Or if they did, they didn't tell us. That's not true. Some people have tried to tell us that, but they, they were wrong. <laughs> Therefore, it says that God opposes the proud. Like, God loves you. We know that. And while you're a sinner, God sent His Son to die for you while you were dead in your sin. And for God so loved the world, He gave it. It's nice, and it's all true. But also... God opposed, resists, comes against the proud. So submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So many people just give in and give up and just give in to sin. Like, oh, it's always going to be like, I'm always, no. Resist, resist, resist the devil, Amen. And draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. He gets a little rough again. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter turn to mourning. Let your joy to gloom. But humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. I got a word. You ready? Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to be holy. God, we want to be different, set apart, separate from the ways of the world. God, we know we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Lord God, we, we don't want to be prideful and have you resist us. We don't want to be arrogant. Uh, we don't want to be in love with the ways of the world, but we want to pursue you. We want to pursue truth. Pursue grace. Please strengthen us today, Lord, to stand firm on your word and your word alone, to love you over the world. God, I help you to help us. I ask you to help us today in this particular message to rediscover the beauty in the rainbow that you set in the sky. God, help us to remember what it means to see it as holy. And God, while the printed image in many ways has been tarnished, the OG rainbow, the original rainbow, the one in the sky can never be taken away. God, I ask for your help to preach your word full of grace and full of truth. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Come on. High five 37 of your neighbors and you may take your seat. All right, just three we'll do. Divide it by 10.1. All right, are you ready for this? All right, now, 
If you're new here and you're like, what is happening at this church? That graphic is intense. Yep, it's intense and purposely so. Um, look, I, I want to let you know if you're new here right now, a lot of people are like, why are you going to talk about things like this? Or today, for example, why, why, why are you going to talk about it? Why are you going to talk about it? Why are you going to talk about it? You know, like, why? Why? Listen, I'll tell you why. Because the whole world is talking about it. Come on. Why are they allowed to talk about it for 30-something days straight? But if I talk about it, I'm a bigot. Right? Come on. Come on. Like, if you don't talk about this this month, then the politicians and the council members and the school teachers and, 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 and Rihanna and, 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 and all of these other people, they're going to disciple your kids this month. You better have another way to tell them. Come on, you better have something else to tell them because otherwise they're going to get indoctrinated by something that is not of God. Come on, right? <clears throat> why you got to talk about it? That's why. Everybody else is. So I'm going to do what's right. And provide a godly perspective, not a godly perspective, sorry. I'm going to provide the truth uh, in these situations. Sound good? Now, if you're new, I want to let you know that I'm not trying to balance the Word of God with, the, with left-wing and right-wing politics. I, I'm not trying to do that, all right? I'm not here saying, all right, I want to keep the people on the left happy and I, I want to keep the people on the right happy. No, listen, I've preached sermons that have only ticked off left-wing people and I've preached sermons that have only ticked off right-wing people. Why? I ain't trying to balance the Word of God. I'm trying to bring the Word of God. Can I get an amen? You're in the wrong place if you want a balanced sermon. We're not going to balance this message with the world that we live in. I'm not here to help you balance it. I'm here to help you apply the truths of the Word of God to your life. Yes, it may lean this way or that way, or, but, but it quite often smacks both of us just the same. But rest assured, we're not trying to balance it. We're, we're just trying to accurately apply the truth of the Word of God to our lives so that in this world we can be a light, that we can be salt and light to a crazy, dysfunctional, disunified, broken world. Amen. <clears throat> So I say that to say this, um, if, any of your past, if any of your friends ask you, hey, what's your pastor like? You can say, he's definitely not a balanced preacher. <laughs> All right? You can say, he is unbalanced. <laughs> Amen? Because look, we, we got to stop trying to be like the world. We're holy. We're set apart. We're different. Come on, God has anointed us. God has called us. God has gifted us. If we're not going to live a different life, why did he even give us the Holy Spirit? So that we could speak in tongues to each other? Should I bought a Honda, but I bought a Mitsubishi? No. No. That's all good. I feel like, Paul, I speak in tongues too, all right? It's a great gift. There are times where I'm so broken that I don't even know what to say or I don't even know what to pray. So I, I just speak in tongues and God comes and God moves in my life and I'm grateful for that. But the Holy Spirit is for more than just experiencing some fun or encouraging gift, but to give you the power to live a different life, to overcome your sin. Come on. To be different 
than the world. So that when people get saved, like these four people that got saved today, because it's jacked up out there, they get to come into something different in here. There is no point giving your life to Christ if it's the same old jacked up, messed up, broken down life that exists out there. You're going to be just as suicidal. You're going to be just as depressed. You're going to be just as broken. No, you're going to start being put back together, led by the Spirit and by the power of God, seeing transformation in your life as you humble yourselves and submit to the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. So today we want to look at the fruit of some of the things in the world. Um, And the title of my message today is Make the Rainbow Holy Again. Let's have some fun. <clears throat> and, and, and the reason that I was going to call it Reclaim the Rainbow, but then I was like, I don't want to claim it. I want to speak about what it is. All right? Like God's purpose. It, it, it's God's rainbow. And so it's not my rainbow, so I don't get to reclaim it. It's God's rainbow. Amen? And, uh, and actually, we are going to make a T-shirt that, on, that has a rainbow on the front. It'll be available sometime this month. It's got a rainbow on the front. And then it says, it's my rainbow, God. And then, and on the back, on the back, it's going to say, make the rainbow holy again. And it's definitely a t-shirt for the brave. (laughs) Like, it's it's going to get some questions up in your life as you wear that one. And I'm aware of it. And, um, you know, and, you know, if you you work at Wells Fargo or Prince, I'm not sure if that's going to go well Um, in the office, uh, maybe under your shirt. And every now and again, you're like, you know, and then, I don't know, um, but, but it's going to be good, and so we're going to make it $500 each because we're not sure we're going to sell a lot, and we want to make money from the one that we do, and so, but anyway, so, but anyway, no, we, we, we really are, though, going to have that shirt available, and it's going to be fun, but make the rainbow holy again. Why? Um, I love color. I do. I always have. I like colorful things, and uh, today I'm in just, just plain black and white, but but, but, you know, quite often I'll wear like, you know, I like to wear things that are colorful. Um, I, I like color. I think color's fun. You ask my creative team here. They create a graphic. I'm usually like, make it more fun. And they know that means uh, make it have more color in it, you know. Like almost every time. Like this is just brilliant for me. I'm like, look at all the color, you know. Like I, I like a graphic that's just sort of colorful and stands out. I love the fact that God made the world in living color, you know. <clears throat> That it's not just beige, it's not just black and white, it's in color and it's exciting and it's fun, you know. And, uh, you know, in fact, like I I always see these like jackets, um, like Levi's, um, it was probably for Pride Month, but Levi's had these rainbow sort of vintage jackets for sale a couple of years. And I'm like, man, I want that jacket, that is sick. You know, I want that sick as in what that means now, not when you were born, if you're 94. But but like sick as in that's awesome. You know, I want that jacket, but I I didn't get the jacket because I knew that as much as I say the rainbow's holy and as much as you say the rainbow's holy, I knew that to everybody the rainbow didn't mean that anymore, right? And that if I wore that, people would be like, oh, it's one of those churches. He's one of those pastors, right? Now, you might be like, well, no, we wouldn't. Yes, you would. Let me prove it to you. If on June 1st, my profile picture became a rainbow, you would be like, oh, we got to find a new church. Because no matter what we think about it, no matter what we say about it, the fact is that 95 
99% of the world sees a rainbow now and does not think of godliness, but instead thinks of the LGBT movement, right? And so I didn't buy it, and I think that's sad. Anyone else? Like, who, who else likes rainbows and color? Give me a wave, right? Like, like it's sad, right, that, that we now can't use that because of what? Now, you, again, you could be like, well, just trust God. I, I, I do trust God that it's a bad idea for me to use that right now without a statement making it clear what I believe, right? Something that used to symbolize the mercy and the grace of God now symbolizes sin and wickedness. Remember my friend Derek always used to say, Derek over here, he used to be our graphic designer. Now he, he's not our graphic designer, works at another great job, but he's um, but still in our church, good man. Uh, he used to always say, whenever I was like, make it more colorful, he's like, man, you got to find a way to bring the rainbow back, you know? And so after many years, I'm finally bringing the rainbow back, going to have a shirt with it and everything. And so come on, let's make the rainbow holy again. Y'all ready for that? So give you a real quick backstory. Some of y'all are new. Um, some people gave their lives to Christ. Maybe you've never been in church. Maybe you have. But let me give you some backstory on what the rainbow actually represents every time you see it in the sky, okay? Now, the, the earth, God, God looked down at the earth um, a, a few years ago, um, many, many years ago, and he saw, <coughs> yesterday, no, um, thousands of years ago, and he saw that the earth was full of wickedness, okay? Now, excuse me for one second. <coughs> ah. Um, he saw that the earth was full of wickedness, um, that, that, that most people, in fact, all people, bar, bar one guy, were wicked. And he said the inclination of the human heart was for wickedness. What that means is we weren't just doing wicked things. Wickedness is actually what we wanted in our heart. Our, our basic heart desires preferred wickedness over goodness, preferred the devil over God. Come on, right? It, it was a bad state. So God sent a flood. Um, scripture says that water came up the, out of the wells of the earth and fell from the heavens uh, and flooded the earth. It rained for a long, a, a very long time. The whole place was flooded. Everybody died. And, um, and, and then Scripture says that the word that it uses is restraint, right? Restrained. It says that God then restrained himself. And then that's an important word <coughs> when it comes to the rainbow and, and remembering what the, God restrained himself, and though we deserved for it to keep going, that mankind as a whole did not deserve God's restraint, God did in fact restrain himself. It says that then he made a promise to Noah, I think I said Abraham again, he made a promise to, to Noah that, 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 that I'll never do that again, and, and he made a covenant, and in that covenant he talked about a lot of things with Noah uh, and with mankind, he, he made the promise not only to Noah, but also to all of Noah's descendants forever. It says perpetually, that's us included, that whenever we see the rainbow, whenever he sees a rainbow, that we and God will be reminded of the promises that God made that day. Okay? So the rainbow came to represent God's restraint. In other words, the rainbow represents his restraint, his grace, and his mercy. That what we deserve to happen did not happen. It was stopped. Do you understand? Right? And so now there's arguments over was the rainbow, did it already exist before then? And Yes, and God repurposed it. Or did it exist before then? No, and God invented it. Doesn't matter. What we know is that from that moment on, God said, when this is in the sky, when this happens, it means this. Yeah, yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> All right? It's a signal 
to God. It's the bat signal. Come on. That he will not flood the whole earth again. That though, that one day when he may, and perhaps that day's today, that when he may be so brutally offended by mankind, that should he want to flood the earth, he's like, oh, it's going to rain. It starts raining, and then he sees a rainbow. And he's reminded of his promise to us, and we're reminded of it too, that it's going to stop raining because God will restrain himself. Do you understand? And that's what the rainbow actually meant. So every time you see a rainbow, you should be reminded that God is a God of grace, mercy, and restraint. It's a very broad, I will not flood the earth. We know floods still happen. It's a broad, I will not blot out mankind again. I will, I will restrain myself. Now, let me share a little bit about what happened right after the flood in this same conversation that God's having with Noah. God says some other things, okay? He went right back to the start. Listen to this. It comes from Genesis chapter 9, all right? He said, I'm making a covenant with you. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground, on all the fish of the sea. Into your hand I give them. Everything that moves along the ground shall be food for you. Sorry, everything that lives shall be food for you. And, and as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But do not eat flesh that still has its life. That is blood. Hello. By the way, where does life begin? Blood, hello, that has its life in it, that is its blood. That's a different topic, hey. We're pro-life, just by the way. <clears throat> and your lifeblood, and for your lifeblood, right, I will require a reckoning. From any beast that takes your life, I will require it, and from man too. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God, we're going old school, for God made man in his image. And you again, be fruitful and multiply, increased greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Isn't that cool? He tells us again. He's been there many years earlier, right, at creation. I give you the animals and the birds, all the plants, they're all for you. Enjoy it all, plant vineyards, manage cattle, build wealth, eat plants, eat the animals, pat the animals, enjoy, have a good life. Seed time and harvest will always happen. Every night will be followed by another day. Summer will always come after a winter. Remember, value life. I created mankind in my image. And then he rolls all the way back to the start again. And he reminds us of the very first commandment that God gave mankind. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That, that right there he goes right back to the start. His mind had not changed that you would live a fruitful life, that you would be blessed, that you would multiply, that you would increase, amen? So every time I see a rainbow, I should be reminded of God's grace. I should be reminded of God's covenant that the earth will endure, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, day and night, so long as the earth endure, they will happen, amen? And God's first command that we should multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it.
but somehow the rainbow has come to represent the very opposite of all of these things. It's definitely not representing fruitfulness. There is no fruit. There is no good fruit in what the rainbow currently represents. It has come to represent sin and wickedness. It has come to represent pride instead of humility that, you, that, that is required to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to humble yourselves before God. Instead of reminding us of God's command to multiply, it has come to represent the mutilation of the parts of the body that are actually used to multiply and relationships that can't multiply. It's really quite brilliant of the devil, isn't it? To take something so powerful, to take something so prevalent, prevalent? Prevalent. I looked straight at a teacher to get help with that English word and she ignored my <laughs> reach for help. She's just like... <laughs> to take something so prevalent, prevalent, again. This is a really hard word. I should have put it in my notes. To take something that represents God's grace and turn it into something that provokes God's wrath. It takes humility to receive Christ, and the rainbow has come to represent pride. And we know God resists the proud. And now when I see a rainbow, I actually get angry. Anyone else? Now, I, I, I don't mean like I've got to go murder people, um, but I mean like righteous anger, because something godly has been distorted to mean something ungodly, and that makes me angry, Right? It's like if, if somebody went to your dad's house and graffitied it, would it make you angry? Yes, and rightfully so. Well, someone has gone and graffitied one of my dad's things, and it makes me angry. Now when I see a rainbow on a church, I, I get mad. Like mad. They're not churches. They're clubs. Different songs, but same tune as the world. Same life. There's no holiness in that church. They're not different. <clears throat> they're not set apart. They're not living something different than the world. When people go in there, they're not presented with another way, another life. They're presented just with acceptance. Listen, God accepts you, but not what you do. Can I get an amen? All right? Like, it's different. We, 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 it's not how it's meant to be. They just affirm everything, and it breaks my heart, and I get mad. And you ask my wife, there have been times where I'm driving past one, and I'm like, I'm going in there. <laughs> She's like, you ain't going in there. I'm like, oh, I'm going in there. She's like, you ain't going in there. Why? Because we on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, all right, then. But when I get home... <clears throat> Like, it makes me mad. It makes me mad. Like, they, 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 I feel like they've been traitors. They've given up. Now, when I see a rainbow on a profile picture, I'm not reminded that that person wants to live a holy, set-apart, grace-filled life in humility, submitted to the Lord, that they're accepting God's grace and restraint. No, instead, uh, I see someone telling the world, I am proud to be against God, to be against design to be against God's favor in my life. Now a rainbow represents the destruction of family and common sense, which I think that we're renaming common sense to just sense. You ever use the word common sense lately and mean like, it ain't that common. 
Like, we're just going to roll with, you know, either sense or, and in about five more years, we'll probably start going, man, you need to start acting with some rare sense. <laughs> I coined it. That's a shirt, by the way. <laughs> Who would wear that one? Living with rare sense. Yeah, anyway. I saw a video the other day. Yesterday, I was just chilling out, trying not to be angry. And um, I saw a video, and I shared it on my Instagram. Don't check now, check later. And um, <laughs> seriously, and uh, of a man talking about how he's been a woman now for, I don't know, maybe three months um, or something like that. And, and, and now they've just started carrying tampons with them. And I'm just like, bro. Like, I, I'm, I'm not being mean to you when I tell you, you don't need them. <laughs> and if you do, you dying. <laughs> like, when a dude needs that thing, he's dying. You need prayer and a hospital, not a tampon. Come on. <laughs> I'm just like, what, what is going on? Like, it's crazy. It's not helping. And to tell that dude... Yeah, you ought to carry those with you just in case you magically grow new bits. You're not helping him. And a church that says that's good, yeah, is not helping him. You're hurting him. He's jumping off a cliff while you clap. Stop it. It's nuts. There in I, I, I think it was in Des Moines... Because one of the ladies on staff, he got a text from a friend who got fired. You want to know why they got fired? It's a very funny story. But it's sad as well. Because you know we got the furries and stuff now? Hands up if you don't know what I just said. Those are people who think they're animals. And so there are schools around America now that put kitty litter in their bathrooms for the cats to attend school. Firstly, let me preface this with this. You're not helping them by telling them they're a cat. You're hurting them. In fact, if my kid watches a TV show and sees a wolf running across the screen and identifies with that wolf, I think that's, that's cool. Yeah, you're identifying with the free spirit of it. But you tell my kid he's a wolf now, I'm going to beat you. Very hard. Because he's not a wolf. Because they were created by God and God said they were good. But then when he made my kid... He said, you're very good. Don't you lower my kid from very good to just plain old good? Come on. You're not helping that kid. You're hurting that kid. You're destroying that kid's life. They're going to make stupid decisions now that will ruin their ability to be fruitful, increase, and multiply for the rest of their lives. Anyway, there's a woman, she's a nurse, and this kid and his parents came into the ER, and he's a furry. That means he thinks he's an animal. I think it was a, 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 a fox. He thinks he's a fox, so he's dressed up in a fox suit, all right? Now, it's nuts that, that this is what a certain group of Americans are preying upon our kids, all right? He thinks he's a fox. He ain't a fox. He thinks he's a fox. So the, so, and the nurse needed to examine the kid who was sick. I think it had a fall or something like that. 
but he would not take off the fox suit because he's a fox. Wouldn't take it off. The nurse is arguing with them for a period of time, leaves the room and comes back and wrote down the number and hands the family, says, well, since you're a fox and since you won't take the fox suit off, here's a number for a, a, a local vet. <laughs> Go there. And then she got fired. Honestly, I think she was being incredibly gracious in pointing out the ludicrousness of this so she can treat this kid. Fine, go ahead and bleed out and die, foxy boy. Or let me confront you with the truth. You ain't a fox, you need help. Take that thing off so I can A, treat your broken bone, and B, treat your broken mind. Amen. How did it get this way? So I got to thinking that with my 16 minutes left, that we should talk about how to make the rainbow holy again, all right? Because honestly, if I was God, now somebody, like I'm not God, someone say, I thank God, right? Like, thank God I'm not God. Because if I was God right now, it would be raining (laughs) a lot. And I would keep my promise to not flood the whole earth and I wouldn't leave one little city. That's it. Thank God I'm not God. But before that happens, let's talk about how to make the rainbow holy again. Three points, okay? Don't worry, they're pretty quick. Um, Three points, you can write all three down. This is how you can make the rainbow holy again. I'm going to say all three, then I'll come back to number one, right? Number one, you need to appreciate grace. Or if you want to go expand it, appreciate grace, mercy, and God's restraint. Appreciate it. Be grateful for it. Number two, don't abuse God's grace. Number three, offer others grace. Amen. So number one, appreciate grace. What does that mean? Understand that if not for God's restraint, you would be dead. How about that? That if not for God's grace and God's mercy, you would not be here. You would not be able to have salvation. If not for God's restraint and His grace and mercy that then sent His only Son into the world, that whoever believes in Him would not perish because of their sins but have eternal life instead. If not for God's grace, you would not have that opportunity. So be grateful. Right? You don't need to pretend that your sin is good. You can simply say this, I know that I've got sin. God, I thank you for your grace that sustains my salvation on my way to perfection, even though right now I have sin in my life. I am grateful for God's grace. I don't need to justify my sin. I don't need to pretend it's okay. I just need to say, God, thank you that in spite of this baggage in my life, you welcome me, you accept me, and you're willing to help me become all that I was designed to be. Amen. God, thank you that I'm welcome. Appreciate it. Amen. I can tell you this, entering his gates with pride disguised as a rainbow is certainly not entering his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. We want to appreciate what God has done. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a bolder amen? Amen. 
Come on, there we go. We believe it. Some people are still like, ooh, it's a tough one. Uh, come on. Number two, don't abuse grace. Right? Don't abuse grace. Romans 6 says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound more? By no means. How can we who call, sorry, how can we who are, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Right? See, there's a scripture that says where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, right? That's good. Thank God for that. On my worst days, I was given more grace to overcome it. Thank you, Lord, right? But, but Paul says that, well, because there's so much grace, should we keep sinning? Should we live in sin? He says, no, don't do, don't abuse the gift that you've been given. Don't abuse the grace of God. Making mistakes is okay. Look, hey, we're all making mistakes. We're all on a journey to become what God designed us to be. But don't decide to live in it. Don't give up the battle. Don't just sit down and make peace with your sin. No, get up and keep fighting. Amen. Keep on struggling. Like I know people who struggle with alcoholism, right? And there are some people who struggle with it and they'll make a mistake, they'll fall back, they'll have a drink when they know they shouldn't have had a drink. But then they get back up and they keep up the fight. But then there are other people who just go, well, it's always going to be like this and they just give in to it. And like, um, this is just what it is. They live in it instead of struggle with it. It's a big difference between struggling with sin and living in sin. There are people who, who look at porn and they hate it and they're like, God, help me. God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Protect me. Don't let me see it. Help me overcome it. You know, oh no, I messed up. God, help me not do that again. I hate this. There's a big difference between that person and the person who says, ah, I give up. I give up. It's fine. I'm just going to keep living in it. It's always going to be this way. I'm making peace with my sin. I'm making peace with the drama and the pain and the brokenness. Don't make peace with your sin. Don't abuse the grace of God. Keep up the fight. Keep up the fight. Come on, keep up the fight. Can I get an amen? Hey, you can overcome alcoholism. There's a man over there that has. There's a man over there that has. You can and you will overcome if you don't give in. Don't live in sin. Don't stay dead in your sin. Get up and get out. Can I get an amen? There are times when you get saved where you're still in sin. And if this is the sin that I'm in, well, yes, I'm still making mistakes. But the door is over there. And I'm going to keep walking that way. And if I fall down, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to keep walking that way. I'm going to keep aiming. And what's over there? The Word of God. The way God tells me to live. Holiness, righteousness. It's over. And I'm going to keep walking towards it. I'm not going to live in it. I'm not going to make peace with it. I'm going to overcome it in Jesus' name. You made a mistake? Well, God loves you and God forgives you. Don't make peace with it. Keep on going. Don't stop battling. Certainly don't wear a shirt or change your profile picture and say, alcoholic and proud of it. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do. And to be honest, 
biblically, not sure if that person's saved or not. But I'm going to leave the final judgment up to God. But people who are proud of their sin, choosing to live in it, mm. you know what? Another thing that I like to remember for when we abuse grace is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And um, I was joking with my wife a few weeks ago that I should use that story for the bold launch for Pledge Weekend. (laughs) And uh, uh, because in that story, basically the gist is they made a commitment to give this much and then they didn't and God killed them. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if I used that as the, for, the, for, the, for the sermon on the bold launch? And Lauren's like, no. Because <laughs> it's funny. Theologically completely inaccurate, but very funny. All right. So, but look, there was other things going on there. I don't exactly know what was going on in their hearts or what happened, but basically they did something wrong and then, and, and then you, we can try and explain it away, but according to the word, it does say that God killed them. And it's like, snap. Now, for me as a preacher and someone who studied Bible college, do you know where that would fit perfectly theologically? Before the cross, thank you very much. Right? Be, before Christ died on the cross and... But God did that afterwards, and that annoys me. I'm like, big fella, you could have done that back there. <laughs> He's like, how about you don't tell me where to do things? I'm like, you know what? I don't even want it to be before the cross. I would have even preferred it if it was before the flood. <laughs> Anyone else? And so I have no theological conclusions to draw from this story other than it's very mysterious, and I do not like that it's even in the Bible, but there are parts of the Bible we don't like, and it's all meant to be there for us, all right? And so I don't like that it's there, but it is there. So the only conclusion I can draw is this. Thank God for the cross. Because of the cross, God's not going to kill me, but he could. (laughs) And that's where I land. And I think that's a good thing when it comes to abusing grace. Like, I'm not telling you God's going to kill you. Look, realistically, don't know of any other stories like that. There's one, right? That's it, you know? So probably not going to happen. <laughs> but it could. Yeah. And that's it. And, and I like to remember that when I abuse God's grace. Be like, you know what? I don't want to push it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get over this thing. I'm going to keep up the fight at least. You know what I'm saying? It's a good story, isn't it? Theologically, it's a nightmare. But as a little reminder, kind of brilliant, you know. Last one, offer grace. Y'all can, no, if you stand up, people start walking out. Stay seated. <laughs> Last one. Hey, it's all right, because after this, we just do an altar call, and that's it, because we've done salvations, and we've done the pledge, right? So I'm actually doing all right. The last one, though, that you need to know is this, offer grace. In, uh, Jesus reminds us in Matthew 10, heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. What you have freely received, freely give. Don't hold back what you know what you have. Can I just let you know something about grace? Grace doesn't only mean kindness. In fact, it doesn't actually even mean kindness, just FYI. It doesn't mean that. It means goodwill. It means care. It means help. God's going to tell you the truth and give you the help you need to get there. 
we've made grace mean kindness. Now, kindness is a good thing as well. Absolutely, we're called to do that. But we're not called to preach the truth and then tolerate wickedness. No, we're called to preach the truth and be there to help them get there. You see the difference? And it's because of God's grace. See, and it's because of this. Because of God's grace, you're welcome so He can help you. You see that? He has good will towards you. His thoughts are good towards you. There's no help in affirmation. You're not a jerk when you just know for a fact that people aren't animals and need to be told so. You're not a jerk for that. In fact, you're very gracious for telling them. You should try and find a kind way to tell them. But honestly, sometimes like people are so hard, so so obsessed with trying to find the gracious way to say it that they don't. But the gracious way to say it is to flip and say it. <laughs> you can't help them if you won't help them. There's no gracious way to stop someone from falling off a cliff. You're like, hey, stop. Get in their way. Help them. Oh, but I might get hurt. You know what? If you're going to be gracious in this world, you're going to get hurt. If you want to help this world get over this mess that it's in, you're going to get hurt. You oh, I don't want to get hurt. Look, Jesus was so gracious that he got hurt. For God so loved the world that he went and died on a cross for your sins to help you overcome, to help you become all that God designed you to be. Come on, could you be willing to get hurt a little bit? Knowing that God's a healer? Come on, could you be willing to open your mouth, be a little bold to offer grace, not just kindness, but get in the way and help somebody. Don't clap as they march off a cliff. Don't be like, yeah, you're a dog. You're not a dog. God created you in His image. And He said you're really good and you don't need to have all these surgeries to become good. You don't need to mess with multiply and increase. You don't need to mess with gender. You don't need to mess with design. You are good right now. I love you. He loves you. You're well. You mess your life up, you're still welcome to come back. You cut that thing off, you're still welcome to come in here. But it will always be my goal to help you line your life up with God's design and God's plan. That will always be my goal. I will have no relationships in this world where my goal is not that you will begin to line your life up with God's design and God's plan for your life. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps. Thank you.